a guest like uh, in many homes, uh, in our lounge, in the manse, we have a, a shelf on our bookcase that has cookbooks on it. And there's some of those books are uh, very specific types of cuisine, and some are a bit more general. Some assume that there's a certain level of skill in what you're starting off with. But there's also a Delia Smith one that, if I remember correctly, even tells you how to boil an egg. You know? I'm not saying which of those sort of books I use. You know? Maybe I turn to all of them. Some, when I look at them, have huge, glossy, colourful images of dishes full of delight. And others barely have a single photo, not even on the cover. They all, however, whatever they look like, wherever they came from, have a single purpose, which is to encourage and instruct cooking. They're there, not really to be read, but to help you cook. They're there so that the reader will do something that will, a few minutes later, hear them bubbling the broth. Or so that they can smell the aroma arising from the roast in the oven. And then even beyond that, as their mouth starts to salivate, they will find the proof of the pudding. Whether it's the Platinum Jubilee trifle or an apple and blackberry crumble, that proof is in the eating. That's what they're there for. Now, a church has to be a bit like a recipe. Not an end to itself. We gather together, be it online or by phone or here in the high street. We gather together that we can be something that then gives God's flavor to the world. God has chosen the very best ingredients, and that's you. You might not always think of yourself that way, but you are. God's chosen you. That's why in the opening of his first letter, Peter says he sends it to the elect You are the elect. You might not be the new Prime Minister of Australia, but you are the elect. You are the chosen. God's chosen people. Now, throughout the Bible, we hear the story of God's people being chosen. Humanity itself is God's idea. And then he chooses Noah 
to make a new beginning. And then Abraham gets chosen to have a family that will be God's people, an example to all others, a light illuminating the way of God to the world. Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, twelve sons, which in Egypt grow in number to be known not just as the children, but the tribes of Israel. But when they're freed from slavery under the Pharaoh, it's not freed simply to go to the promised land and do what they feel like, but they're freed to be God's people, God's chosen people. Freed to serve. And as the laws are handed down on the journey, as they cross the Jordan, as the judges then bring wisdom and later the king's rule, it is about being God's chosen people and elect. And the first disciples, 12 of them, just like those tribes of Israel, are seen to be called by Jesus. But it's clear in the epistles that the sense of being called and chosen goes further. Paul starts his first letter to the Corinthians saying how he understands himself to be chosen, but also that the church is chosen too. He writes, those called to be his holy people, called to be his holy people. And of course, in Peter, not just this first bit here where he says elect, but in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, Peter says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You, the church, are special to God. You are chosen by him. You are the special ingredient that is to make a difference in the world. And we need to make a difference because although the world is God's creation, humanity often choose not to live his way. As someone who has chosen to follow Jesus, we are called to have a culturally different way of life than that which is prevalent around about us. Our focus is on the Lord, but the world's is not. The country where we live is not. The government is not focused on the Lord's way. And that's true across all time and across the whole earth. We delude ourselves if we ever think this has been a Christian country. Because we've always had people that don't believe. But we want to see that kingdom grow. In the statement concerning nature, faith, and order 
of the URC. It says, in things that affect obedience to God, the church is not subordinate to the state, but must serve the Lord Jesus Christ, its only ruler and head. We are alien in the land that we live. People of God in a land that is not of God. And so, likewise, Peter calls the church not only elect, but exiles. Peter's not having a new idea when he is saying that. God's people have always been exiles too. We see it, this idea of living as foreigners with the promise of future and being made to Abram and to Jacob. It would be their land in the future, but for now they dwell as aliens. I've already mentioned the Israelites spent time in Egypt. It was 400 years in a land that is not theirs before the Exodus. And there is, of course, the time we know of the exile where Babylonians take people from their homeland. During that exile, the people are told through the prophet Jeremiah, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry, and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. And seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. They're not to hide. They're not to pretend they are the same as those of that land. They have to live full lives as God's people and pray for where they find themselves. Pray not for the downfall of the Babylonians, but they are to seek it to thrive. And then they too will thrive. As we read scripture like the book of Daniel or Esther or the early chapters of Nehemiah, we see examples of how people lived out their faith in a foreign land. They were true to God and shone God's light for others to see and to understand the Lord's way. They speak his truth so others can hear. They don't bow down to idols, but do pray for those in power. They were to bring God's flavor, and it allowed the kingdom of God to grow, not as a geographical entity, but as a kingdom, nonetheless. 
The short video we had earlier from LICC reminded us that in the UK, there's only about 6% gather at least once a month to worship God. But the question is, does this small number live out the rest of their week as disciples? The called, the chosen, the elect, do they recognize that they are called and chosen for a purpose? That they are exiles of the kingdom on earth, a special ingredient for the world? Are we people who live as disciples every day? 6% seems a very small number. What difference can such a small number make, we might ask? You know, and if we're huddled in a corner, maybe we don't make much difference. But scattered into the community, we can. Each one of us encounter different folk within the week. We might meet different shop staff or colleagues at work. Folk at school, be they pupils or staff or parents or grandparents at the school gate. You might see folk down the sports centre or on the golf course or delivering our post. Neighbours, cleaners, carers that come to us. The places that we regularly meet with others that are not Christian are what LICC called the front line. Not in the sense of a battlefield, not going to war against them, but it's a place of interaction where we can show God's love. And it's a place that we can pray into and those people that we regularly meet. God knows who they are, and God knows who we are, and the situations that we face. He is with us in them by the power of his Holy Spirit, giving us the right opportunities and the right words at the right time that we might bear witness to the life-giving action of Jesus the salvation of our souls, which allows us to have inexpressible joy even in the times of struggle. We have a hope and a life that I imagine you would want others to know. So be it those at Art Club or on a station platform waiting the commuter train, be it in a cafe in Linfield or at a school gate in Staplefield, in Ardingly's village post office or an office in the city of London, in the PRH or maybe in our own home. Wherever we may be in our normal week, visiting or working or living, May we be disciples and may we bring 
God's flavour. May we be making all the difference in the world. Amen.